for the workings of his mighty power in our lives. And we thank the Holy Spirit for keeping us abreast with the happenings in the realm of the Spirit. In the course of this year, basically, from the middle of this year, I think uh, we've been dealing with a very crucial aspect of our lives as Christians. The Holy Spirit is making all the effort that the prophecy of Hosea chapter 4 verse 3 doesn't become a reality in the life of his people. You know what he says? Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. You know what he says? <laughs> My people perish for lack of knowledge. And the Holy Spirit is poised beyond measure to rescue us from that disaster. You see, it is very painful to allow ourselves to perish just because we are bankrupt of the knowledge of God. What changes your density in the realm of the spirit is the amount of awareness you have gained on account of your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Part of your Christian journey is not just to pray, 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 pray. Part of your Christian journey is to know. To know. Why did God create us? Our catechism. What does he say? God created us to what? Know him. Know him. Love. And what? Serve. This is the foundation. While this is lacking, there's no love, there's no service. So the devil does not, you know, he won't attack you here. He will not attack you here. But he will make sure that this one doesn't exist. And once he's able to affect this, then it can affect the quality of your love, the quality of your service. That's why Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, and the spirit of truth is the spirit that reveals the will of God and the mind of God, is that he will lead you, lead, to all the truth. So you must see this as part, an integral aspect of your Christian life. We live in a generation of Christians who just pray, 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 shout to God, bind forces, condemn the devil. We go about preaching, but we are bankrupt of the substance of God, which is the truth of God. And Jesus said in John 2, 6, when you know this truth, it has capacity to deliver. What? has capacity to make you a free person, yes, a illuminated person, illuminated. It doesn't only free you, but it makes you to be illuminated. That means it comes, you need to glow, 
you manifest the glory of God on account of the truth you have come to know. You'll be able to see life beyond the ordinary sense of the world. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is poised beyond measure to bring us into this, to lead us into the truth. And he won't force you. He will not force you. He is one to drag you. He wants to stir you up into it. You know? And because many Christians lack this basic substance, their density in the spirit is very shallow. So the day the enemy comes against you like a flood, remember Jesus talked about the flood. Anyone who hears my, my saints and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And he said, when rain fell, the storm blew, and the flood came and hit that, that house. So you can see that Jesus himself too makes a link between the flood and the evil forces. He said, when you hit that house, it will fall. And what a mighty fall. But anyone who hears my saying and does them, is like a wise person who built his house on rock. <laughs> you see, very important. So the Holy Spirit wants to make sure that we know the truth. He wants to lead us to where we know the truth. And the truth will so build us formidably. You don't know the day that the flood will come. The flood of evil. It may manifest in form of sickness. It may manifest in form of anything that we contend with. And some have been completely vanquished because they were never prepared. They just live foolishly. The Bible says live circumspectively. That means live like a wise person. They just see things on the periphery and live that way. No. We don't live like that. We live you know, with wisdom. Each day that comes requires a lot of attention. Okay? And so the Holy Spirit has been taking us on this journey and teaching us on what He wants to do. And as He reveals the truth to us, He will bring to us realities of Christ. Because the truth must be about Jesus. The truth must be about the Christ. Okay? And as the Bible said, if you will take what is mine and declare them to you. So as we discover Christ in the truth, there are dimensions of Christ, different aspects or dimensions of Christ that the Holy Spirit will bring into your life. Because Jesus is the wisdom of God Jesus is the treasure of God for excellence. In him is everything you ever need in life. Everything is wrapped up in the person of the Christ. And so as the Holy Spirit takes us on a journey, and as we discover him, that which you discover with the Holy Spirit in your journey is now created into your spirit man. Are we together here? Good. But you must journey with the Holy Spirit. That's how he leads you. You must journey with the Holy Spirit consciously. But how many Christians are ready for that? They just go to church. <laughs> they just think that because you have gone to church and uh, then everything should work out. What a very foolish way to live. Hmm? Their house, their existence is not built on the rock. The choice they make is all founded on the rock of the truth of the word of God. 
The decisions they make, their life patterns, has no root in the truth of the word of God. Let me you know, share something with you. You can go and buy a car. I'll go and buy a car. Right? We all drive our cars on the same road. We pass through the same valleys of death. Something will happen to your car. Something will not happen to my car. Because the very intention for why, for, for buying that car, is different. If my own is sponsored by the truth of God's word, then my choice of buying that car is anchored on the truth and the what the rock of the word of God. And so, when the enemy lays the siege against me, he will not only see me, but he will see that the root of this existence finds its expression. The dimension of God. Amen. Amen. Why do you have your family? <laughs> if you are just married, if you are just having a family, because oh, it's time for me to marry. Oh, everybody's married. I'm more than 40 years. I want to marry. I'm not because you want to be an extension of God's family on earth. Okay. On the day the flood comes and sees that your family is not dude was the choice of having a family was more rooted in the extension of the glory of God. Then, anything can happen to you. Are we together here? So it's very important. That's what the Holy Spirit is teaching us. As a body, He wants to teach us to learn that whatever you do must find its root in what? In divine inspiration. That's why God does not judge by parents. He judges by the heart. Very important. Okay? So, the whole list is led on through the course of this for more than four months or thereabout. And then finally, he crowned it off with the revelation of the dimension of Revelation chapter 5, verse 6 to 7. And we'll begin to dive into it more closely within the last few weeks. And if you have a Bible, please can just let's go look, look at it again. Because trusting God in the course of these two, three weeks remaining, we are going to be ending that topic. Revelation chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 5. Let's read from verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, I want to believe that we we'll have the background story already, but just for the benefit of those who may not have, let's start from verse 6. And between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And who is the person? God the Father. Right? And when he had taken the scroll, which is the book, the following creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp. 
and a golden bowl full of incense. So in one hand is what? A harp. In the other hand is what? A golden bowl. Right? And the golden bowl is full of what? Incense. Which are what? The prayers of the saints. One hand is the golden bowl with the prayers of the saints. And the other one is the harp. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So my prayer is there. Is your prayer there? <laughs> you see, you have to learn to... When you are praying, picture your prayer. Go, it was enter there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Which are the prayers of the saints? And they sang a new song. There is a new song in town. For them to sing a new song, it means something new has happened, right? And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take this scroll and to open his seal, for you were slain. The reason why the scroll was opened is because he was slain by the blood. By, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Hmm. Anytime I, stum- I, st- I stumble on this passage, I get fresh things. <laughs> Last Sunday, there's this group of five families that are exclusive that come for retreat Sunday every two weeks. And when they come, we spend two hours in their mass. Extensive teaching. These are able men, and they are beginning to understand dimensions of God. And one of them, we were handling some of these things, and one of them began to share with us how he had a very serious challenge before him, and he was lost of words on how to pray. He broke down crying, and then he just picked his Bible to pick up few inspiration and stumbled on this passage. And as he read, he read, he says, For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. He says, Something opened up to him. That Jesus, you were slain to ransom men for God. So, why is this issue eating me up? And as he prayed with it, so much in his heart, he said, All of a sudden, there was this peace that came to his heart. And as far as he was concerned, the case was what? Settled. And that's what, what happened. The situation that was very precarious became a settled issue from nobody. Started, you know, and they, he, he, he told them that they should go ahead. And to today, the thing is settled. You see, you need to get some revelation of the reality of the truth that makes men free. So, you see now, the man discovered an aspect of the Christ. That he was slain that men may be ransomed. He was slain that human beings would be taken away from the place where they are held captive. There was a force holding them captive. There was a force condemning them. There was a force that kept them in darkness. But now somebody was slain that those men and women captured in darkness can be what? Set free. No, no, was certain issues have been settled. Forces have been, there are issues that have been set in the life of people who encounter this Christ. And then as the dimension of Christ is opened up to you, you become a testimony in that area. 
not just come to God and say, God, uh, help me. You see my situation? Oh, God, help me. Don't allow shame to catch me. Uh, so the reason you are praying is that shame will not catch you, right? Not because you have discovered the dimension of God. When Jesus categorically has said, you should, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Let's continue. So for you slain and by your blood you ransom people for God from every tribe and language and, and people and nations. Verse 10 and says, And you have made us and have made unto them a kingdom and peace to our God, and they shall reign on earth. So this is the dimension that the Holy Spirit has taken us to to you know make us understand the deeper dimension of our Christian calling. So he ransomed us. For God and has made us priests and kings to serve our God, and then he now concludes by saying, "And we shall reign on earth." So, in the context of your Christian calling, you are not just redeemed to be there and say, "Oh, thank God, God has redeemed you." No, God redeemed you, and the same system that redeemed you has also made you to become a priest and a king. To serve God, and in the course of serving God on earth, you will reign on earth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's where the Holy Spirit has led us to. How many of us in the past have we seen ourselves as Christian priests and Christian kings? <laughs> Christian what? So when they ask you, are you a Christian? Say, no, sir, I'm a Christian priest and king. I'm what? Say it again. I'm a royal Christian. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a, I'm a royal Christian. And which one is the royal Christian? What are the different ones? Who are royal Christians? All these kind of Christians have been brandished everywhere. My own Christianity is different. Amen. Amen. Because that's what Jesus has made me. He did. First of all, He redeemed me. Two, made me. What? Praise. Priest kings. Or royal. Priests. Made. He made you. So it is not it is not out of what? Your own volition. He made it. He made you priest and king by his own decision. In other words, the 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 last grace, the last furnishing of the grace of redemption is to cap you what? Priests and kings are the service of God. And to prove that this is, you must reign on earth. To reign means to rule. Jesus, thank you. It's to rule. To rule is to subdue darkness. Darkness. To subdue evil to subdue death death and what decadence decadence 
all forms of decay, corruption. Just the way you were made a human being and furnished with all the facilities and makes you a full-blown human being. That's how God has furnished you to be a priest king. As you grow as a human being and train yourself in the human dimension, you can do so much of the human reality. Oh, thanks be to God. I refuse to walk in darkness. I will rule over darkness. I will rule over evil. The different quarters of evil have no authority over my life. Shout a big amen. People are going to be awakened to this. You see, the devil said, hey, allow them to take this one. Hey, no problem. But this one, don't allow them to know. I'm sure this is the first time you're hearing this in your life as a Christian. That you are then a priest and king. And you must reign on earth. Before we should think that the only God will reign. We can't reign. Who reign, who rule, who subdue. So you see, it's not because you are too holy. That's why you will rule. That's why you can determine what happens to your place. It's not because you are holy. You have been made that already. It was factored into your redemptive grace. You are underusing the grace upon your life. You are underusing it. And looking petty every time as a baby. Oh God, do it. God say, my son, I raise you to take charge. It is not arrogance. It is not arrogance. It is grace. Say grace. Grace. <laughs> Begin to think differently. Say, I have what it takes. I have what it takes. Say, I have what it takes. I have what it takes. Say, it has been fashioned in me. God made me so. I have the capacity. I have the capacity. You have to speak yourself into it. You've got to break this chain up. Change your mind and change your insight and make you look small on the inside. And so when you see issues, you look intimidated and begin to look petty so that people can pity you. And the more they pity you, the more you are in the pit. This language must be in your mind every day. I must rule. I must rule. I must rule. I must rule. There's a way it activates things inside of you. Hmm? Evil will have no power over me. Death has no power over me. Negativity has no power over me. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> 2023 is coming. I will rule over 2023. I don't know wait for monthly blessings. Don't wish me monthly blessings. From January, I take over the year to the end. And I pin it in the name of Jesus. This year, I must fulfill my destiny. This time lag, I rule over you. It shall not be wasted. Whether January is coming or not, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. February, it doesn't matter. March comes and goes. Let it go. You have already taken over from January. Amen? Amen. Are we together here? Yes. So I'm a royal priesthood. So I'm a royal Christian. Let me tell you, when you say I'm a royal Christian, I 
royal priesthood. Do you see any, anything similar with this and this? <laughs> yes, you can give me the connection. Ah, somebody is appearing from nowhere. Are we safe? What does she call her? Uh, say, what do you call that Jesus again? Is, what do you call there's something I, I say with you, Jesus? Uh, your name. What's that, your name again? Which is that for Jesus, eh? <laughs> she has been off for, for a very long while now. <laughs> hey. Amen. Amen. Priests are anointed, right? For you to be a priest, you must be anointed. Hmm? Anoint my priest. And what is Christ? Christus. Anointing. So could you say I'm a royal priesthood or a royal Christian? Is it one and the same thing? <laughs> I'm trying to help you connect. Christ, Christus. Hmm? Christus is the anointed one. And priesthood. Priest is an anointed person. So I say, if you say I'm a royal Christian or royal priesthood, is it one and the same thing? Good. How are you? Who are you? Are you a Christian? Say I'm a royal Christian. It helps to remind you of who you are. Okay? Very, very important. Very, very important. So we're going to go for again to just explain again the priest dimension of your life and the king dimension of your life. Very important. And as the Lord teaches you, begin to practice it. Begin to practice it small, 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 small. Just keep practicing it every day. Do those things. Do those things that is required of you. Huh? Do those things. Do those things. Okay? Very important. Practice them. Practice. You see, anything that the Lord teaches you and you don't practice, it will die off. It is practice that engraves it into your system. It is practice that engraves it into your system. If you don't practice it, it will die off. Amen. Amen. How many times do you tell yourself during the week, I'm a priest, I'm a king. God has raised me for this moment. In the name of Jesus, my career will have a new vista. In the name of Jesus, my family is taking a new shape. In the name of Jesus, my tomorrow is taking a new dimension. You see, if you don't take issues, if you don't take issues that way, and waiting for God to come and settle things for you, then what is the reason why he made you a priest and a king? And he is called the king of kings. You think it's one of our kings of uh, maybe rulers of uh, the world? No, 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 no. You are that king. It's going about. You have to rule in your family. You have to determine the affairs of your aeon. It's your responsibility. Jesus said, "As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you." You sit down. I don't understand myself. Look at what is happening to me. Did he say priests and, uh, and kings should get the complaining? No. I'm a priest. I'm a priest. The way I'm saying it, can you say it more boldly? 
Ça me prie. Ça me king. 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 Ça me I will determine the atmosphere around me. When things around you is not working out well, child of God, go into your office of priesthood and exercise your, your kingship. Father, but I've been praying, you know, I'm not seeing anything. Hey, we don't talk like that. It's one of the protocols of priesthood is that you don't talk like that. Because you know that what you say, you have planted something in the spirit. And it will surely show up one day. All these babalawos you see everywhere, that's what they are doing in the negative supernatural. They so believe in themselves. And they will tell you, I will deal with you. They will tell you, I will tell them to deal with you. They say, I will deal with you. And they start forgetting. Will not die for lack of knowledge. Will not suffer anything for lack of knowledge. I refuse to be sick out of lack of knowledge. I refuse to be oppressed by lack of knowledge. I refuse to be downtrodden by lack of knowledge. I refuse to weep as a consequence of lack of knowledge. I refuse. My case is different. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He said it. He will shout it out. I'm the light of the world. And the elephant says, you, you are the light of the world. Anyone who lights the lantern does not hide it under a bushel. He puts it on a lampstand and it may shine. He says, let your light. So he didn't say, let my light in you shine. No, he said, let your light. So I have light. I have light. <laughs> don't mind me. This is how I pray. When I lock myself in my inner room, I'll be talking like this for two, three hours. I'll be talking like that. I pick up one word, I begin to use it. I'll be going out of my room and we're talking, 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 talking. Until I reach a harem of perfect intimacy. And I feel vibrations connecting to the supernatural. When I open my eyes, no devil will stand around me. Because you know this one is already intoxicated. <laughs> he has said things, he has said sacred things so much that he has galvanized enough energy. See where God has placed you here and He has made you. He made you. He put you there. If it was not necessary, He have told you, please sit here and I will legislate for you. But now He made you a priest and a king. And He said, And you shall reign on this earth. He will reign. To rule over affairs, you have a choice to make. God sometimes is waiting for saying, What do you want? Oh God, do your will. You say, I know I have my will, but you, what do you want? That's the much he loves you. God, anything you like giving, uh -uh. that is a babyish mentality. It's a, it's, a, it's a weak mentality. He made back emails. What do you want? I want to see. Your faith has healed you. Go. Have you sunk deep now in your heart? So you have to say at least, I'm a priest, I'm a king. You have to say it at least up to 5,000 times. Is it too much? No. <laughs> Somebody say, hmm? 
You have to say it until eh, your brain is so saturated with it that you can smell yourself that you have saved enough. I'm a priest. I'm a king. I'm a priest. I'm a king. God made me. The blood of Jesus made me. He died to make me a priest. I'm a king. I, re- I take my position as a king. The hand of God is upon me. He has made me a priest. I am a king in my family. I rule over affairs. Wow, God, what an elevation. You start thanking him. When fear hits your heart, I'm a priest and a king. We refuse to be intimidated. We are moving around, doing something. All of a sudden, wow, very stupid thought enters. Hmm. The way it is going, it's like I'm dying. No, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm a priest. I'm a king. So things don't happen to us. Don't fight those whispers. They are called whispers of evil. As they whispers and as your soul receives it, then once your soul subscribes to it, the devil can say, God, can you see? You see, he has accepted it and I have right to execute. That is it. Job said, What I feared has befallen me. So he feared those things and go went and showed Job, showed, showed God, Look at, look at, look at. That's why he wasn't to secure permission to attack Job. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. Even though I pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, what did David say? I fear no evil. You cannot stop evil, but you can stop evil from ruling your heart. I fear no evil. When fear grips you, I fear no evil. Sometimes, listen, you need to shout down on the voice of the enemy speaking to you and making to get jittery and get suffocating in that thought. Be playing cool. Hmm? Be playing holy, holy. Whether it is holy, holy, I don't know. Hmm. Oh, I just go. I'm just a just trust in our God. He will do it for us. He never fails us. From the time of John the Baptist until now, this kingdom that God has raised us to be part of suffer what? Violent. And only the violent take it by force. <laughs> That means any blessing that comes from that kingdom is contestable. God says you are healed. The devil says no. Now who do you face? God or the devil? The devil. Okay. God says you are prosperous. You are, you are fruitful. The devil says no. You do this, it's not working out. You do this, you know. You go back to God. He says, I have said you have blessed you. You say you have my blessing. Go. All is well with you. But it's not happening. So go and sort out the one who is militating against what God has given. Paul said, a great and effectual door has been given to us, but there are many adversaries. That's why he's raising you as a priest and king to do what? To deal with the adversaries. Today, we have raised lazy Christians. Well, they are called beds. Very irresponsible Christians. And the devil is taking advantage of their weakness and ignorance to keep 
hurting, causing pain. Let no devil try my territory because God's word of Psalm 149 this honor is for all his sins to pass judgment. I will do it. I will to pass judgment. As a priest, you've been called to litigate and legislate. Please, you my own, I didn't go to school much. Please, what does it mean to litigate? Huh? We have lawyers here. Even if we don't have lawyers, we know that there are people who are very familiar with things of law. What does it mean to litigate? Who knows? Lee. Huh? Right, to litigate. Yes. Good. Using legal legal system. Legal system or legal action. <coughs> and then to legislate means what? You can open the door. Huh? Laws. Hmm? So much will happen. <laughs> Is it to make laws? Okay, you are a priest, you are a king. Go and find out. Hmm? That's an assignment. Next Saturday, come with your findings, okay? Are we together here? To make laws. To make laws and make decrees that will bring about a, bring about an expected end. Okay. But I want you to go and uh, do some study on that. It will help you as a person to exercise your office. Okay. Hmm. So he has made us priests. And kings. So let us look at kingship again. Let us look at priesthood again. Last week we were able to look at a few things in that dimension. So what's the primary function of a priest? He raised a Christian with a priestly calling that you become a what? A custodian of his presence. In other words, priests are men and women of the presence. They live by the presence. They are prayed by the presence. When you discover yourself as a Christian in this dimension, you are entering into a realm where you have, where you know that you are condemned to be a prayer person. You are condemned to pray. Prayer is no longer a choice. Prayer becomes a duty that you live by two, four, seven. There's not like I'm tired to pray. 
There's not like I'm too busy to pray. There's not like uh, I don't know the way my life, I'm feeling. I'm not feeling comfortable, so I can't pray. No, you are condemned to pray. You are condemned to always come into the presence of God. And like the twenty and the four elders, you are there to secure what the presence. The function of the priest is to go and be with God enough and absorb, if you like, attract, if you like, take hold of God's presence and then bring it out. And then those on the penalty you have accumulated for his presence, you will now exercise the presence as the king. And you ruin the affairs of your life. Why are so many Christians so powerless? Because the office of the priesthood is bankrupt. When they make decrees, they cannot come to pass. Because they lack the things that create the laws of dominion. Do you want your prayers to be powerful? Then learn to perpetually develop a habit of prayer. Every day, you must secure that, that, that time to be with God until you get a note in your heart that you are fully charged. You are charging your phone, you don't charge yourself. Any phone that is fully charged, put on the internet, put the call, you can play games, you can watch video for hours, it has enough energy to dispense. Praise the Lord. But once it is on the last bar, before you know it, you go flat. But if you see a phone, very important. So they are called the custodian of, the, of, of his presence. They live day by day. Not on the prayer they pray, oh God, help me. No. They know that their life is, begins with God and ends with God. They are not going to pray because they want to pray. They are going to pray because they want to what? Take hold of God's presence. And God's presence is captured in your life in form of palace. Palace of divine inspiration. It's like this is too high, too high right? No, no. Huh? Or oh, my language is too high. <laughs> because as I say this, I'm so confused and I'm not in God's presence. How, how can somebody secure God's presence? How do you feel it? How do you know it? And try to break it down now. That God's presence comes to us in form of what? Palace. Palace of divine inspiration. That and I pray, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying. All of a sudden, one song enters your mind. Ah, that is called divine word, palace. A palace, has, a palace of inspiration. It has entered. And once you start singing that song, you see yourself so excited. Before you know it, you, you break down crying. Hey, something has happened. You have secured a quarter of his presence. Did you catch that? Yes. 
Sometimes when you are praying, all of a sudden a scripture hits you. One Bible teaching that you know before comes back to you in a very fresh manner, touching you, and then you use it to begin to, you know, to pray about that issue or to praise God. That scripture that came to you is called Rhema, is called divine inspiration. It is a, a palette of God's presence that have come to you. You say the words have spoken to you, they are what? Spirits. And they are what? Life. And in the place of God, you find his spirit, you have, you find his what? His life. So, a priest is one who is the custodian of these things. He is full of inspiration. He is full of God's ministrations coming to the person. Every time your mind is being flooded with thoughts, palace coming to you. And as it's coming, your soul is galvanized all of them. And when you are saturated with it, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who has filled his quiver with these arrows. When you are confronting the enemies, you don't fight by saying, Hey, 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 you begin to release those things God fed you with. The Lord is my light and my help. Whom shall I fear? These were things that David acquired when he was in God's presence. That's why you see now he's exercising his priesthood by saying them. Those prayers are not prayer to God. He's exercising his kingship. Okay, the Lord is my light and my help. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Before whom will I shift from? Who is he talking to? Is he to God? I'm, ask, I'm asking a question. Who is he talking to? He's exercising his dominion over things, contending with him. Even though I pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, I fear no evil. He's exercising what? His priestly royalty. He doesn't just talk from his common sense. He talks based on what has been given to him. Even as I'm teaching now, certain things are hitting your spirit. He's touching you. That is touching you is called what? The palace of his presence. You've got to write it. And when you go back home, you say, Father, thank you for this palette. Thank you for blessing me with this word. Oh, you begin to pray with the word. You begin to pray with the word. You begin to digest the spirit in it and the life in it. And your spirit man can never remain the same. Some energies have entered you. Based on that insight, if there are issues around your life that need to be addressed, that is in line with the inspiration, you release that word from your mouth. It's quite painful to see how Christians are languishing. They made a caricature of our calling. Jesus paid a heavy price to bring us to this class. That is why as a priest, when you need to minister this palace, what comes out of you is blood. You speak language of blood. No devil can stand you because he knows the root of that word. When you spend dollars, they know you are spending American currency. True of us. When you spend Naira, they know you are spending Nigerian currency. The same way too, when you speak certain language, they will know the source of that language. That is why, you see, from redeeming us, he raised us up to a place where he made us priests and kings and he said and we shall reign on earth that is where he baptized you with the spirit of militancy you are a militant of faith you are a militant of purity you are a militant of righteousness 
You are a militant of the light of God. When you come to a place, you shut that environment down by the light you carry. And the light is this palace. Those inspirations are actually, you know, the highly charged spiritual energy that shines. I wish you would get what I'm talking about. Hmm. Do you have light? Praise the Lord. Do you have light? You come to a place. You don't need to talk too much. If you have received a nothing inspiration during the day or during the night or during the time you had your quiet time with God and then insights came. God bless you so much of life. You come to a place. You don't need to say that God away. He knows you have come. Because he has just put in your hands the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on it, based on divine inspiration that came to you, that means God gave you the idea. Say, my brother, pass the sentence. You pass the sentence because he knows that that sentence was from him. If you say it, it will be honored on earth, and himself will do what? We honor it. <laughs> Is that getting clear now? Yeah. That's why he said, whatever you bind on it, shall be considered bound in heaven. Peter received divine palette. So he said, what? Who do you say I am? And after that, he asked the disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ of God. He said, not flesh and blood that revealed this to you. He said, my father in heaven. That guy got in touch with a palette that came to him like a flash. He said, upon this. He said, based on this, it has turned you to what? Rock. What divine palette makes you build your capacity in the spirit? The more insight you get, the more spiritually you may look weak physically. But anybody that meets you in the realm of the spirit, the quality of your density is so much that whatever hits you gets shattered. Whatever you hit on account of your office as a priest or a king gets what? Shattered. It took me 15 years to learn this. I'm communicating to you in just 10 minutes. And since I've learned it, I'm working in it. I live a stress-free life. If you push me too much, I get back to my office. <laughs> I just get into my priestly office. And where I will begin to exercise the office, and once I have made a connection between my humanity and divinity, immediately I open myself up to what? Inspirations. God's word will be flashing in my mind. Songs will be coming. I will begin to exercise them in my prayer closet. He say whatever I tell you in the closet, say where? Oh, you, the way I respond, I can't hear you. Can you shout it out? Can you shout it out? <laughs> Why did he tell you that? Why did he say whatever I tell you in the closet, you should go and sit on the rooftop? Why? What is the significance? There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a grace and a blessing in saying it out. You have to voice it out. You exercise the kingship by voicing what he tells you. 
Your voice it. You're going to exercise it. Your mouth is not just for food. Your mouth is a key to different vistas and layers of life. What you say physically does not end here. It enters realms. Oh, you think I'm only teaching, I'm, I'm only talking to you guys here. Oh, if you think I'm only teaching you guys here, you'll be joking. There are spirit beings who are here, who are listening to me. I don't need to go with what I just said. <laughs> there are spiritual beings who are here, who are listening to what I'm teaching. There are angels that come to sit down to learn. Because these things, they can't get it. Are we together here? Hmm? Because we don't have the, our where we are in the spirit is higher than theirs. We command a higher glory than the angels. Even though they are ministry angels to us. For instance, suppose your husband is working in a big company and he has a driver who is driving him, right? Okay? Good. You can ask him to come and take you to any place you want to go to. But you may not have right over him to sack him. You can ask him to go and buy this for you. You can ask him to do this. You can ask him to come and take care of you in the house to make sure that nobody come to the house. Eh? But you cannot sack him. Are you catching it now? Yes. Because he is not under your jurisdiction to sack. He's only your husband who can sack him. The angels are strictly under God. But God has sent them to minister to us the grace of salvation. And so as a wife of that big man, if you are at home and you are speaking Queen's English, and the man is there, and he likes what you are saying, won't he listen to you? That's what the Bible says that even we shall judge the angels. We shall judge the angels. The impact of the fall is so, is so much that we have taken the lowest level. So low level that we don't, you know, we find it difficult to rise again and know that we have a status. But the word of God cannot be broken. Amen? Amen? The word of God cannot be broken. I am what God says I am. I am what God has made me to be, irrespective of my circumstances and situations. Yes. Good. Many a time, those things we said that didn't happen, we didn't pick them. They didn't come at palace. <laughs> yes, this divine palace didn't come. This inspiration didn't come. That's why if you develop your act of worship 
and stay in God's presence to be a habitual thing. Once you are there and it's coming, you know when God is speaking to you and putting words in your mouth. It will hit you. You will be receiving it. It will be touching you. It's called divine rhema. That's a young cup of tea. Why should you doubt when God's word comes to your life? Yeah. <laughs> the voice of the enemy is the circumstance because he will create the circumstances that will be unfavorable for the word of God to be manifested in your life. So that's why it's the militant lifestyle. You've got to learn to take your office and know that the voice of the circumstances is not the voice of God and God's word has come and God said you will rule in that circumstance so you speak that word you will say it today you come back you see that you keep saying it and insist that what you say will come to pass that's the engagement of faith if you like sometimes you close your eyes and you see there yes keep talking it you're not saying it for him to hear. You are just saying, I insist on what I'm saying. And I'm not changing. It's, more, it's the enforcement. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> That's why if you understand this, prayer is no longer much about what you're going to tell God. You have come to a point where, where else you enter prayer? I'm going to teach you steps. The protocol of, of the present, the protocol of the priesthood. It is a protocol. You don't just come to God anyhow. Eh, God, he thinks, I thank you because you are good. Eh, God, you know, this case, eh, we need to handle it to look at you. Even the angels who are serving will say, this, Look at this one. You are talking to a monarch like this. That's why Jesus says, When you want to pray, say, Our Father. That prayer is not just meant to be recited, it's the protocol of the present. The seven protocols of the present. You don't just come to a king and start saying, hey, hey, Sir, we just came to see you because of this issue. No, 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 no. They are coming first of all, you remove your shoes, right? They will tell you to sit down. You now sit on the ground. And then they say, uh, the king will say, uh, the monarch will say, Please give him something. Then after I just say, Welcome. My child, how are you? You are his child, though. But you have to also know that in as much as he's your father, he's also what? A king. He's also a king. You need to honor the king. Who is your father? You don't insult his office. Christianity is not meant for lazy, callous people who have no who have no direction. Who have flogged the moment of the era of grace. They say grace, grace, grace. So they become stupid with grace. Any grace that does not bring you to the cradle of discipline, that grace is not of God. Every grace must instill discipline in you. Oh, you are the head of grace, so we do as we like. No, Jesus has done it, so we relax. Oh. The kingly life and the priestly life is a life of discipline. You are caught and all things that is sacred. And you have to obey protocols. That's why you don't live anyhow. You don't dress anyhow. You don't talk anyhow. There are ethics you must sustain and keep. 
There are disciplines that are, that are associated with the life of the priest and king. One time I've shared with you, no matter how fashion has grown in this world, would you ever see the queen of England wearing trousers? Huh? You will see how that skirt caught at the back here and her suit. She, the, even the way she works, she has to sustain her office. She was constrained to live by the ethics of the office. You are you, you, you are you are from the kingdom of God, and then you live in her. You work anyhow. You talk anyhow. You fight to cut on the street. You open your mouth and say all manner of things. No. There's a say that goes that it is stoic. It is royal to be stoic. It is what? Royal. Mm-hmm. You know what it means? Rigidity, some level of rigidity and discipline is called stoic. stoic, stoic. So royalty goes with it. Your priestly life of your priestly Christian life is sustained by the quality of the presence of God that you command in your life. The essence of prayer is to acquire presence. And so when you kneel down to pray, you are there and in the act of worship and fellowship and adoration, you are actually availing yourself of the opportunity to be saturated by the Shekinah glory of God that comes to you. As you are there praying, as you are there worshiping, spiritual activities are going on inside you because a temple, you know, all kinds of spiritual realities are deposited in you. That's what they call divine inoculation that enters into you. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Is a law. Now, by Yes, God answered prayer. God has answered every prayer. He is now relegating office for you to administrate. Yes. Good. Now listen. When you begin to grow in the spirit, you find out. I'm praying about this man. Huh? God bless him. God do this. God do that. Why I'm praying, a ministration is given to me. I have blessed him. May he prosper in dimension. I'm not going to be waiting for God. God has delegated that office now for me to proclaim it. So when I see him, I will decree it into his life. 
You get my point now? Because I have received direct instruction and information that God has already done it. Okay, let me explain this a little bit. When Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, Father, I thank you because you have heard me. But Lazarus was in the grave. So when did God answer him? Faith is not expectation. Faith is this. <laughs> Faith is this inspiration. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. You have not seen, but you have the evidence. You have received the talent. God has spoken to you. It is done. That one is, you have developed, we have developed that over, over, over the years because we are not properly trained. As I am now, God says, you are blessed. Why do I bother myself? Even if it takes two years, I don't care. The word is so deep and so rich that you, it, will, it will cast away all this doubt and all that. It will become a living reality in you. Whether you are sitting physically or not, it's no longer an issue. You don't question that. Are you following what I'm trying to say here? Good. So, that word is enough to so saturate you that you don't count time again. <laughs> you don't count time again. Time becomes immaterial. There are things God has, God has spoken to me for many years now. I don't care. But what I know that before I exit, it was come to pass. The problem is that sometimes we try to juxtapose our own timetable with God's timetable. And we'll be dragging God. Oh, time is passing. You are telling him time is passing. When he has put everything in his system and you are the one to key into his system and see. And once you see, then time is no longer an issue. <laughs> If he doesn't want anything to be done about that issue, he will not send his divine palette. When Paul was on this high sea and there was turbulence, he started praying. A word came to him. You will arrive safely. He told the people, don't fight too much. You will arrive. They said the high sea. The wind was still tossing and things were being destroyed and all that. And they were all forgetting. Paul said, calm down. God has sent an angel. And we are going to arrive safely. But it took time for them to arrive on the land. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> as you grow in this office of the priestly, as you get saturated and grow matured with the presence of God, a lot of things will be recalibrated in your mind. That will probably see the renewal of your mind will take place. A lot will be changed. The way you perceive life, the seat of rationality that has been the God of your life will be destroyed completely. 
There are ways that seem right unto a man, but the end is death. That, that throne must be dealt with. So you see that when you begin to grow in that dimension, your life every day you have you become an addict of prayer because each day is like you're going and say, God, how is story going to be? I need to get direction. He will now have to breathe into you the things he expects to happen that day. Once you get the light and you stand up, you know that as you go about your day, the stamp of God is with you. Everything will carry his energy. Then you say, your word is a lamp unto my path and a light unto my step. That man will always sit in the presence and gather how he is to display his instrument of warfare in the presence of his enemies. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. From there he'll pick everything. When he goes there, they, 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 they still tell him, act this way, act this way. And he fought 44 battles and came back with no scratch. He won all of them. He said, I prefer your word more than mere food. I prefer your word more than silver and gold. Because you have seen the secret of divine inspiration. He said, once you speak, but twice have I heard. If your prayer is empty of this, you have not prayed. There must be a feedback. There must be what? A feedback. In your prayer. So as a priest, you begin to train yourself with the language of the office. And the language of the office is the language of the word of God. That's why you are condemned to read the Bible. To see how God has ministered to the priests in the past. His language with the priests of the past. So when he speaks the same language, you can catch it. As I'm standing now, there are things you just say now. I know that that's the voice of God. There are things you just say. I will say, this you just say now is the voice of God. I will know. It comes as you train yourself in the word of God and begin to perceive the voice of God. You will know that there are ways he speaks. There are concepts he communicates. There are precepts that are only locked up in the wisdom of the word of God. And as your soul, as long as your soul has a touch of that word, hey, child of God, nothing can bring you down. You are indefatigable. Physically, you are a human being, but spiritually, you are a rock. They don't know how to rule you. God told Jeremiah, on account of the word of the city, he said, it burns in me. I feel the word like fire in my bones. And God said, I've made you a fortified city, an iron bronze. <laughs> you know what is bronze? Bronze is like a, 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 a melted molten magma. That's how bronze looks like. I've made a fortified city. Because the thing entered him so much that he could feel the heat of the world. Thank you, precious Father. Be thou exalted. You have made us priests. We have access to divine wisdom. To have access to divine knowledge. 
have access to divine counsel and understanding. We pray, Father, that if our faith may be open unto us, that from our henceforth, our office of prayer will be marked the mind so much to always hear from you, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Open to us the vistas of life. Open to us the doors of holiness. Open to us the doors of divine wisdom. We thou exalted Father. Speak to every heart. Minister to every soul. Saturate our heart with the entrance of your word. And give us understanding that comes from you alone. And let dark understanding be nullified. Thank you, precious Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So begin to develop yourself to have appetite for this. I've shared before, if you go for money mass, go with the writing material. You are coming for a program, go with the writing material. Because the monarch is speaking. And he is the God that speaks talents. Man does not live on bread alone, physical things alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our God is constantly transmitting, and you should be ready to always pick up signals that come from Him. You live each day based on the word that comes from Him and what you eat. If you only depend and allow your life to be anchored on what not the natural system offers you without a turn from the supernatural your life is so vulnerable anything can waste you anytime so the way you are you know you have appetite for natural food physical food you should also have appetite for what divine palates if your day has not begun with an inspiration from god you are going out there to expose yourself to danger you lack the spirit and the life to face the onslaught of Satan out there. Who is angry, killing people, causing all kinds of mayhem. And he has told you, this is an evil and perverse generation. That's why as you wake up, the first appetite is, oh God, speak to me. Let light come. Let light come. You come to morning mass. As they are reading, as the readings are going on, you are also, you know, your eyes are paid on the, on the book of the law. And you are going through it again to make sure you catch up with something. Something must enter me. God, what are you saying to me as a person? What you don't look for will not what? Look for you. You go to the first city, doesn't make sense. Go to the Psalms, doesn't make sense. Go to the gospel, there's no way. There's no way one word will not sting you like a bee. <laughs> Once you have stumbled on one and you feel the touch, you know that's what he's giving you for that day. Because you don't know what your day will be like. And he's addressing your day based on that word. Pick it. Maybe your interest is, oh God, bless my business. May prosperity. But the word has come is a word of divine protection. Pick that word. You may step out that day and the challenge you have is not your business. The challenge you may have is insecurity. At the very moment, something is about to happen. Then, that same word flashes your mind again. You make a prayer, and from nowhere, something happens. You are asked to leave the place. Or maybe somebody gives you a call, and just step out. Few minutes after that, 
something disastrous happened. He said, my God, God told me this thing today. You see, his word has secured you. Train yourself, for you don't know the days of evil. Train yourself. Have appetite for the palace of inspiration. Have appetite. If you don't go for money mass, go to the readings yourself. Go to your Bible. We don't wait for money mass any longer. We have gone beyond daily readings. We just go and grab the whole thing where the hand is stuck. We want to feed on everything that God has said. And we feel ourselves for the days ahead. <laughs> and turn every aspect of our young with a pillar of fire. We speak on health. We speak on our existence. We speak on righteousness. We speak on everything. And we release the light of God everywhere. We live in the fullness of the life. He said, I have come that you may have life. And have you what? The fullness of abundance. The life is the light of God lighting you up. You light up your career. When you put the light there and mount it, you go. No devil can touch it. Job says, in those days, I walked in the light of God's word. That's why even when the devil came to attack his business, he could not attack his business. He told God, it's not because you have protected him, protected his household, protected his business, his castles, and everything about him, I cannot enter anywhere. Because the man walked, what? Under the light of God. Job was a priest par excellence. Job chapter 29. Open your Bible. Lord, we lift up your name with a heart full of grace. Be exalted, O Lord, my God. Hosanna in the highest. Job chapter 29 from verse 1. And Job again took up his discourse and said, Oh, that I were as in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and by his light, I walked through darkness. As I was in my prime. When the friendship of God was upon my tabernacle. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Look at what he said there. And by light, I walk through darkness. By light, I walk. Did he say by light, God helped me to walk through darkness? What did he say? By light, I. So the light comes that you may walk through darkness. David says, even though I pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, I fear no evil. For the Lord is there with his cloak and with his staff. What is cloak useful? What is staff useful? Staff is what? Authority. Cloak is what you use in controlling the cattle. So the word of God comes to you as a direction, as a word of engagement. The word of engagement. So sometimes it's speaks also in parable, you know. When his light, when his lamp shone upon my head, divine inspiration lights you up. The entrance of the world. Are we blessed? 
Say thank you, Jesus. John chapter 1. John, Gospel of John chapter 1 from verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. So when the Word hits your soul, God has hit your soul. Jesus said, if you obey my word, or if you do what my word says, I and the Father will come and make a home in you. <laughs> he will leave heaven. He will pack all his luggage from heaven and come and stay with you. Let's continue. Verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4. In him, in the world, was life. And the life was what? The light of men. So when the life of the world hits your soul, it turns a man to become a burning flame. Spiritually. Physically, it may still look normal. But as you are moving, there is a bonfire going on inside of you. Which type do you like? With fire or without fire? Are you sure? Yeah. Then put the firewood. <laughs> put the firewood in the in, in, in the, the right place and the fire will be sustained. Amen. Amen. And in him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness. You see, that light is commanded to shine in the darkness. And darkness cannot comprehend it. Hey, when God lights up a man, by what? By the grace of divine inspiration of his word, that man is blown off. He's brought into a realm where he becomes incomprehensible by the darkness of this world. When wicked sit down and plot against you, they, they try to size you up. They take your measurement. They say, okay, Let's go and measure all this instrument. When they are finished fabricating it, they come back. They meet you and they look at you again. They see that either is undersized or oversized. By virtue of your manifesting light always, you are giving them perpetual work to keep fabricating but without ever executing. You're not getting me at all. No weapon fashioned against them shall prosper. Why? Because each time they fabricate, they come back, and that dimension of glory of God in you is manifested. They say, ah, ah, this thing will not work. They go back again. They say, okay, okay, look at, look at him well. They now look at it again. They analyze. They synthesize. They take the measurement. They go back again to fabricate something. They come back, and that part of light manifests glory again. That's why the Bible says, and they comprehend the light not. They can't understand you. Can you see the calling of God upon your life as he has raised you a priest and king? That's how you reign on earth. I refuse to be ordinary Christian. I refuse to beg. I refuse this type of Christian that is being shown everywhere. I refuse to be our type. It's a choice you want to make. If you want to live as a Christian, no problem. But that's why that's what God has ordained you to, to be. It's a calling. You don't need to be in a church for you to have this dimension. 
It's not a church that makes you. It is your personal work with God. So that's why you don't take your Christian life to be a personal work with God. And invest in it your time, your dedication, your consecration. And you are waiting to be told how to move right or left. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. <laughs> In those days, when dishes were coming fresh, you don't dare also. <laughs> you don't dare. To trespass, we are too eager to release. We are too eager to just give punishment. We'll punish you spiritually. They say, but how can he be using God's grace? You don't know. Just like the lions, when they catch a cub, eh, they will leave for a children to toy with it. Have you? And the matter we watch it, they say, yes, yes. They will not kill the team to the food, but they will wound the animal and leave the children to be sharing the team. They want them, you want it. She wants them to practice. Practice how to conquer. And when they start holding the neck, and they are telling you, yes, I get it. They shall cast out demons who have messed up the Christian faith given to us. He wants you to toy with these forces and show what rulership over them. They have determined your death. They have determined your failure. They have determined your, your they have determined to bring you down, and you are there still accepting them to rule over you. When God has made you a priest and a king. And has called you, hey, obey this protocol. I will make you, I will raise you to be a priest with a difference, a king with a difference. And I want you to legislate the affairs of your life based on my wisdom. You are still calling him, oh God, do it. That will all happen in your life again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. From today, you will begin to exercise your office. Even if it's a little measure, begin to exercise it. Pick up the protocols of the priesthood. Know that God, that he sent his son to die for you on the cross, and then he gave you his flesh and blood to make you a priest and a king that sustains the values of the kingdom. Somebody says, God gives you an office. God gives you a blessing. Somebody comes and starts tormenting you and says, you will never remain in this office. And you know he's not talking based on his own personal self. He trusts some forces and threatens you. Then you start running from pillar to post, looking for prayer houses. When he has made you a prayer house, you are the prayer house itself. You are the temple of the Holy and the Holy Spirit is the king of all spirits. And that's is telling you, exercise the office. I'm here to back it up. Say, I'm different. I'm different. Say, I'm blessed. I am blessed. In the name of Jesus Christ. So begin to grow in God's presence. You are condemned to pray. Once you pray, I conquer you. You cannot exercise that office effectively. Prayer is not a choice. You know whether things are good for you or not. You are condemned to pray. You are a creature of prayer. You were created by God to function optimally by prayer. This is what you should whether, whether you believe in God or not. The version of humanity we are seeing today is the following version. 
when men begin to operate the high passion, you'll be shocked what the world will be to be. What we are seeing today is the caricature of the fullness of humanity. What we are dying for today as science and technology and that we are seeing the whole world is the following version of the man God created. If the fullness of man is fully exercised, what man we make will not be this labor. This one we are laboring to their life. There is a system God has created that it is not to be built by labor. It is to be built by words. You create things by words. Amen. Amen. I, I don't know where I in this land. This one I said now is soon. Maybe it's the next generation that will understand what I just said now. <laughs> you are thinking now and fabricating, right? The same thought is a source. So we think we use energy. But God's intention is not that you think and use energy. You think and use your words. Jesus came and said, I want to show you the way he was speaking to the sea, he was speaking to the fish, he was speaking to sickness. And your father who created you too, created the world by what? By labor. Is it by labor? Was the world created by labor? Was created by what? Was. So at least begin to practice with yourself. Begin to use your words to recreate the, your world. Keep saying things. Learn to trust that what you are saying is not coming from your belly where you just ate gare and okra soup. It's coming from an office that God planted you on account of the finished work of Christ. So you are speaking from there. So whatever you are speaking from there, based on what he has instructed you as a child of a presence, you know that when you say it, you will back it up. So your interest in prayer every day is, Oh God! What are you telling me today? Go and look at the scriptures. All the prophets, thus says the Lord. They will go into God's presence and wait and wait and wait before God speaks to them. They will start writing down. But in our generation, we have turned it all the way around. Whatever who goes and bombard God with all the things that matters to us, I don't care what, does, what matters for him. I want to trap God. You tell him, you start going. <laughs> And he wanted to protect you. We are custodians of what? His presence. The more you grow in the presence of God, the more he can speak to you. And the more he speaks to you, he can begin to, depend on how you yield yourself, he can begin to break up, you know, break forth into different types of offices, special offices called prophecy some vision, some word of knowledge, some words of wisdom. You should say for preaching on that special ministration where God can give you the history of somebody within an, in an instant and you know the person's life all through and know the problem the person is passing through and you can minister that. That office is not created for people in church. It's created for people outside but today, it's not a huge ministry inside the church. <laughs> the gift of visual prophecy, word of knowledge, is now being used for Christians who should be operating their own offices. It's supposed to be an aspect of our ruling the world. You go to the world, you preach the word of God to somebody, he's arguing. You now start telling him the very mysteries around his life. 
He talks too much, you know his secrets. You know where he's getting power from. And you're able to talk to him, he'll be disarmed. That's how Jesus caught the woman called what? What that woman by the water side? The woman, the, 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 the Samaritan woman. When he told, him, told her everything about her life, he said, Wow! I've seen a prophet. That's how that woman got converted. Because she was not a Jew. But today, that becomes a service for those in church. Because of laziness. <laughs> and uh, because you are lazy now, they, they take advantage of your laziness. You pay money. Because if you know that you have the same grace and it compares to the same frequency, why will you going to be paying money? Even today's gospel says, Jesus said, you receive without charge, give without charge. As I am now, if you can prophesy to me, but I know where I'm standing already. If your prophet does not fall in line with what I've been hearing from God all these years, no matter how the office is passed, I will not listen to it. So many of us now accept all those things because we don't even know who we are. We've not heard from God before. We are so bound up of His light. We don't know His direction. So they will tell you anything and you accept it. They will call your phone number. You say, phone number. And they have merchandised it and were dying for it. Say, I'm a priest. And you say it well. Say, I'm a priest. I am a priest. Say so I'm a king. No more confusions. Say I know my right from my left. I know what is expected of me. And I will walk in the light of it. Somebody now you go out now you're driving out. Somebody says, sister, ah, they're after you. They're after you. They're after you. I see death coming on Monday. Don't go to office. Don't go to office. Child of God. Some of you will go back home and say, I'm not going anywhere. Hey, this one I prophesied that I will see death. That death will definitely go and meet in my house. Are you a victor or a victim? A victim. Remain at home, man. Moses eh, or Abraham. Who was it, Seth? Okay, it's Hezekiah. He exercises office, even when God has decreed. He knows that there is a special grace in that office. When he said, God, if I die now, what will you gain from my death? I have served you for my youth. I have exercised the princely and the kingly all these years. But I have a boy. Is that why I should die? So are you allowing the circumstance, the timing that I will go? God, I'm not ready. God sent an official national prophet to go and tell him this. And when the man left, say yes, I'm delivering my work. This guy changed what heaven has written. And God had to tell Isaiah, go back to him. We are adding 15 more years. Sam a priest. Sam a king. Hezekiah was a, a normal married man. He was not even a prophet, national prophet. He was just a simple man living his life. But he was living from this dimension. He wasn't be a priest like us, or be a reverend sister, 
or be a preacher going around for you to exercise your office as a priest as a king run your family based on this office run your life run your career everything you do those little things you are doing don't allow any system hack into it and power it for you power everything from your office are we blessed yes if all christians homes we sustain this energy which is we pack their load and the market will be over for them. Some a priest. Some a prophet. Some a king. And I will reign on earth. Say, before I die, I will reign. I will not just go like that. I will leave a legacy. I must demonstrate my office. My Lord. As, a king. As a king. Amen. Amen. Even if it is two days so you're going, and you demonstrate something extraordinary by virtue of divine instruction, you have left a, a, a you have left a huge sucker for the word of Christ. You'll be noted. Saint Patrick banished snake in Ireland. See, today is in history that he demonstrated his office as a king. <laughs> How many of us like this type of life that God has given to us? How many of us? They walk in it. Walk in it. Stay it up. They tell you to fast. He starts saying, I'm tired to fast. You are lazy. You don't know what is happening. So you prefer eating than to walk in the office God has given to you. Hey, no, I don't want my head to be broken. Eh? So it is food I have kept all these years. When doctors are even telling you, stop eating this food. If I don't sleep for eight hours, I'll start having a headache. You don't know what is the cause of your headache. Criminals are awake <laughs> at the night, sleeping everywhere. They will have a headache. You to wake up and pray, you are having a headache. Your mates are in nightclubs, they will dance all night. Dance themselves with alcohol, with all kinds of stupid things. And they will wake up the next, they will dress up the next morning and come to office with you. Eh? When you are, you are struggling to say your uh, rosary in the office in the morning, why they were all night offering sacrifice to the devil? And you come to office even with your sleep, you are still dozing. Hell, man, full of grace. And the person is agile, walking and moving. She spent all night dancing and give the devil all the little signs that hell imported. She won't have a echo. She won't even sleep. You know them, and I'm talking nightmare. You know those who have gone for all these nightclubs. Sometimes when they come around you, they'll tell you, yeah, hey, I had a good weekend. <laughs> And you see them excited. And say, ah, Auntie, what is it? Now? My weekend was bam. You know it. I don't need to tell you. And it's fast magrin. And you who slept all weekend could not even say one station of the cross. You are still struggling to sleep even in the office. Tomorrow she will get promotion. You will say, Look at this one. He's not even praying. And he's being promoted. Who told you? He made a sacrifice. He spent all the night serving the devil, dancing and sweating for him. You could not even spend one hour. She was actually excited at priesthood. Are you aware? 
Oh, you don't know. You think this is only on the positive? They see so the negative too. They get that inspiration and exercise it. In the same office, but in the negative air, supernatural. Oh, you don't know. When you see a young girl, so beautiful, she enters her room and then she bats an idea of how to dress in her brain. She has gotten what? Palette of inspiration. From where? From the headquarters of hell. And she pulls up this attire and she's moving on the street. And over 1,300 men will look at her and imagine all kinds of things. You think it's not a ministry? It's a very heavy ministry. Jesus says, whoever looks at a woman lawfully has committed the sin. She has made 1,000 so-so men commit sin in their heart already within three hours. This priesthood also. And some people say, no, I can look at it, nothing will happen to me. Eh? Then they continue. <laughs> you do not just looking. There is what is called concupiscence. She's, she's, she's charging your energy in the spirit. She's, she's rebranding you. You used to be a decent man, straightforward, disciplined. But after watching her, something collapses inside of you. From that moment, something starts tormenting your mind. Before you know it, it grows up to a point where you come to your legitimate wife and you need to say, Look at her, she's not like that woman I saw. In your mind, there's a discussion going on. And before you know it, you say, I'm tired of this. Her priesthood is taking her ministry to the logical uh, conclusion. It's a dimension we're going to be discussing as time goes on. When we finish the Christian priesthood, we shall talk about demonic priesthood. And if you watch all of them, they follow the same pattern, the same protocol. <laughs> okay, let's just uh, articulate the protocol so that we can uh, have a short prayer. Hmm? With, yes, we handled last last week a little bit. Jesus had really laid it off, but we didn't know. He just came and gave it off and started telling us these details. When he said, when you want to pray, pray like this. Number one, our Father. The first protocol is that you have to see God as your Father. When you come to prayer, you are coming to a family affair. Hmm? Who are in heaven? Number two, hallow be your name. You have to learn to hallow the name of God. To hallow God's name is part of is the essential protocol of priesthood. The essential protocol of assessing the presence of God. You have to learn to be a worshipper. Praise and worship. Now we enter his court with thanksgiving in my heart. And we enter his cause, we praise. You know it, eh? Yeah, we sing, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we rejoice for he has made me glad. So you have to learn to enter his presence with thanksgiving in your heart. You enter his court with praise. The word praise there has to do with confession. Confessing his name. That's what the Bible says. Confessing his name. Confess. 
his name. Confessing his name here is, in Greek, is called homologio. Homologio. Homologio, if you like. Homologio. Homologio is to say the, say the thing that God has said. Say the same thing God has said. That's what it means of homologio. So you enter his court with praising his name. Praising his name in, in, in Greek is homologio. Homologio means say those things that God has said. So we enter his court, we praise, we those things he has said to us. So whatever palette he has put in your heart in the past, you release them again. You keep saying those things he has given to you. That is what you offer as sacrifice of praise. So what we call the sacrifice of praise is the palace of inspiration he has given to you. Many years ago, he said, if, my, if, I didn't spare, if God did not spare his only son, but gave him to us, why will he not with him give us all things? I use it as my entrance sacrifice of praise. Thank you, Father, for raising me a priest. Thank you for making me a king. I will rule in my world. Father, thank you because no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me shall, uh, shall what? Every tongue that rises against you shall be condemned. Thank you, Father, because you are my light, you are my help. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Before whom will I shrink from? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Father, I abide under your shadow. Thank you because your shadow is with me. Your Shekinah glory is with me. Oh, the Bible says, Now therefore there is no longer condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you because you gave me Christ. And there's no more condemnation for me. Oh, the Bible says, And what? And then the law of the light in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So you see, you are picking the word of God and you are entering his presence. Demonstrating, confessing the things he has said to you. So when many say, my soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked down on the loneliness of standing. Henceforth, all ages we call me blessed. For the Almighty has done great things for me. Show the society how what? Her priesthood. <laughs> Mary was exercising her priesthood. That day, he pulls forth his arm in strength. He scatters the power in the imagination of their heart. He casts out the mighty from her throne and lifts up the lowly. He feeds the starving goosies, sends the rich away empty. He protects his holy servant, remembering his mercy. Who was she talking to? To God? People of God, was it to God? No. Who was she talking to? She was demonstrating her office of the priestly. That short encounter, Mary spoke 24 verses of scriptures. <laughs> These are things that she has received over the years in the course of her interaction with God in her prayer closet. So when the angel came to her, when she was praying at the hour of 9 a.m. in the morning, he said, Hell Mary, you are full of grace. Palace of light are all over you. So those lights are what you will use as a sacrifice of praise to hallow his name. Those songs that have touched you and you like so much, they are also palettes. Use it always. Pick those songs that you like. 
If you don't want to sing them, put them in your handset. Thank God for handset and start playing them. Start playing them. Join in the worship. Say, God, it is for you. I'm playing this for you. And then enter into it. Let your spirit, let your emotions be involved in hallowing his name. That's the first protocol to assessing the what? The treasure of his presence. And the Bible says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. As you are singing, he is forming glory around you. If they watch you, cloud is forming. Cloud is coming. Cloud is coming. If you look back, you see me this on there. Cloud is coming. Cloud is coming. Of the time, anyway, you are going, like carrying the Shekinah glory. Will you praise God now? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Will you learn to praise God now? Yes. Force yourself. I don't feel like praising God. I don't know. I don't feel. I don't. Do <laughs> you know why I don't feel it? Because the devil has, <laughs> they have hijacked your system. He doesn't want you to exercise it. Force yourself out of it. Stand up. If you like, that's what sometimes you clap hand. Now we clap hand is just to vibrate ourselves until when you catch the fire, you don't clap again. You are already on. Don't even say use cymbals, use band, use all things to, 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 to shake yourself up. So the, the essence of the instrument is actually to communicate. It helps you to carry you into the very close transmission. To have access to his presence. That's how we use instruments. If the instrument don't take us to God's presence, it is useless. Are you blessed? Yes, after teaching all these things, you have to start practicing them. Or else, they just end up in your pocket. I will never bless your life. Thank you, Father. Number two. Number two. This is number one. He's taking, taking for granted that you already know that God is your father now. Have you? It's not every day you come and say, God, I know you are my father. Have you? You already know. You are a member of the family already. Hmm? Jesus only put that so that you will know that you have a father. So it's established. You are part of the family. The consciousness is established. But you have to know that even though he's your father, he's the king that needs to be hallowed. Thy kingdom come too. Kingdom. Kingdom reign. Every priest must be interested in kingdom structure. The interest of the king. You have to be addressed with what interesting. Thy kingdom come. Your interest is that God should reign. Father, king of God, thank you because you reign in my heart. Is it truly really reigning in your heart? This I think you have to straighten up. Reign in my family. Reign in life of my children. Let there be an extension of your reign and your kingdom in this territory. Thank you, Father, because you reign in this place. You reign in this life. You reign in this dimension. Paul said the kingdom of God is of food and drink. So we're not talking about you going to get job and get money and buy food and drink. But the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, because there's righteousness in my life. Thank you because the joy of the Holy Ghost is in my heart. 
I pray, Father, that this joy spreads out. You begin to minister the kingdom. That his kingdom may come. For his kingdom to be established anywhere, he needs you to cooperate with him. What am I doing here now? This exercise we're having is I'm entrenching the kingdom of God in the hearts of those who listen to me. You can't remain the same after listening to me. I'm extending the quality of his kingdom in the hearts of people who listen. I'm teaching the gospel of the kingdom. So as a parent, you teach your children. In your office, you try to transmit kingdom values as much as possible. What, what informs your decision in your office is kingdom values. You want righteousness, fairness, justice to be exercised. You are manifestation of love. Okay? Sacrifice is part of your life. Okay? Obedience is classically demonstrated by you. You are a kingdom conscious person. So you are praying that the kingdom of God should come. Not your interest first. And the third one. Your will be done. Your will be done, O God. Your purposes must be better than on earth. Let your purpose be better in my family, be better in my career, be better where I find myself. Father King of make me partner with the agenda of your will being manifested. I don't want to be a revolt. I don't want to be an obstruction to the perfection and the plans of your will anywhere, O oh God. I submit myself. I yield myself as a mixed soul to be an extension of your will being done on earth as it is done in heaven. So when you sustain these three dimensions, you are stirring up your office of priesthood. If after this, then he says, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. All those ones are... The, the human part. That is the sign, this part that is divine part. So, as to the degree to which these three things are built up in your mind, determines the quality and the progress of your priesthood in the spirit. You see why many Christians don't kill him? Because this is not interest them. <laughs> Sometimes they do this one, yeah? they will do this one, but this one doesn't come. But if you watch Jesus' life, he was always praising God. He was always conscious of the kingdom. Kingdom, 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 everywhere. Go and Google how many times Jesus made teachings on kingdom. You'll be shocked. You will see, you will say, I've come to do not my own will, but the will of my Father. Even if he does his own will, he must also do what? Make sure that the will of God is exercised. The will of God is Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Brr, brr, brr. You go through it. You will find five classical dimensions to which you can make the will of God come to pass. Each time you are doing anything that has to do with that, that office of Christ in Isaiah 61, you are actually fulfilling the will of God. He has anointed me to preach the good news. You may not preach the good news, but as you support the ministry of, of advancing God's word in the hearts of men, you are actually doing the will of God. And it takes note of it. Are we together here? Aha. Yes, Want to read it? Okay, let's read it so we can pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Oh, bless your holy name. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. 
I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Yes, I thank you, Lord, for you are God. Have you seen it? Yeah. Want to read it? Go ahead and read it. Let's see. The Sovereign Lord has filled me with His Spirit. Mm-hmm. He has chosen me and sent me to bring good news to the poor, mm-hmm. to heal the broken-hearted, to, to, to announce release to captives, to announce release to captives, freedom to those in prison. Freedom to those in prison. Mm-hmm. And the time has come. The time has come. When the Lord will save His people. Sure, sure. Era of grace. Yes. Good. When you comfort people who are mourning, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you are a comfort to people who are in distress, you know, in our country right now, where there's so much difficulty, many people don't even sense what is happening. And when you meet people who are in difficulty, they don't even care. Or if you are a child of God who understands the will of God, exercise your priesthood is to console men, to identify with them in their pain, responsibly, not just shabbily, you know. You're able to touch them. Sometimes you see on social media, some people try to play some pranks. They will meet somebody and they're videoing them and they say, I want to dash your money. And the person says, okay, I'm giving you 10000 or 40000 They pay so much. Somebody will be broken because somebody just gave you 40000 That will tell you the level of depravity that people are suffering. And the person will just break down and start crying. Yeah, give me 50000 Who am I? Oh, God, thank you. It's like you have been a person back to best life. You can see so you can see how lack has become an instrument of torment. So as God's people, we have to understand is our calling. That our office has a responsibility to help people when the opportunity comes. Sometimes there are times I, I will meet an occasion, I will meet an occasion where I will to help somebody, but maybe I'll go busy with myself or doing something, I will be out of my mind and I will go, the person disappears. Or after a few minutes I say, oh no, 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 no. That person was sent by God for me to minister. And I failed. And I have to repent about it. You understand? So if you understand all this is as Christians, nobody pushes you again. You are exercising your what, office of ruling and reigning. That blessing I give that person is not only to meet the person's need, but you are changing the cause of that oppression. Any charity you give is not just ordinary giving, it's a prayer. Are you following me now? Yes, Listen to me now. Listen to me. You're not, you're not getting it. If you meet someone who is in need and you help the person, okay, I'm giving you 20,000. Maybe the person needs 100,000, but you give the person 20,000. You are not only meeting a demand of 20,000 in this person's life. That money you are giving on account of your fulfilling the will of God. To heal the broken hearted, you are bringing a much more grace in this person's life that may end up terminating what is perpetuating this in this person's life. You get my point now? So you have actually passed a, a gift of prayer, not just a gift of money to that person. Are you following? Very powerful. And it will be noted that you did this, you did that. When Jesus was feeding the 5,000, he wasn't just feeding them to satisfy their appetite, but he was also terminating the era of lack in their lives. The torment the enemy was bringing to their lives. And he's exercising the office 
of anointing that come from the will of God. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. Say, God has raised me. me. I want you to say it consciously with prayerfulness in your heart. God has raised me. He has made me a priest and a king to rule on earth. By his spirit, I've been charged to function from this dimension. Henceforth from today, I walk in the light of this inspiration. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness for bringing me to this light. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to walk in darkness. In the name of Jesus, I bring light in the realms of darkness. I bring grace in the place of pain. In the name of Jesus, I establish God's purposes for my life. May his name be hallowed. May his kingdom come. May his kingdom find expression in my life. In my family, my career. In the name of Jesus. May your will be done. May your will be implemented. I stand, O God, as an instrument in fulfilling your will on earth. Send me, O God. I am here for you. Use me to advance your will. In the name of Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me priest and king. And I will reign on earth. I'm a blessing to my family. I'm a blessing to my family. I'm a blessing to my husband. I'm a blessing to my wife. I'm a blessing to my children. I'm a blessing to my family lineage. I'm a blessing to my colleagues and friends. And as many who are connected to me, I'm a blessing to them. The Bible says, the posterity of the righteous shall be delivered. On account of the office upon my life, anyone connected to me by blood, by faith, by association, I decree and I declare there shall be no death. There shall be no violence. There shall be no bloodshed. There shall be no rulership of darkness. In the name of Jesus, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. I dispense the rivers, the rivers of life to as many who are under my aeon. In the name of Jesus, I receive strength from the Holy Spirit to walk in the office of the priesthood, to walk as a king for God, 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you are faithful. Precious Holy Spirit, bless your sons and daughters. Breathe upon them fresh oil, fresh life of the Spirit. Let the anointing be provoked again, O oh God. By the grace of this office, no oppression will last again. Anyone right now who is under the sound of my voice, and you're a victim of a curse, you're a victim of a spell, you're a victim of every form of torment in your career, in your business, in your family, in your children, Whatever they have done with your name, with any materials associated with you, whatever altar they have raised against you, I bring judgment of fire right now. Amen. I judge that demonic installation and I command that their hold over your life be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As I speak to you right now, I decree total freedom, spiritual freedom, mental freedom, emotional freedom, whatever is connected to you. That I become the target of the enemy, the devil, and his cohorts. From this moment, his agenda is brought to naught in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, King of God, I decree by the prophetic, I decree by the office of the priestly and the kingly, your people are blessed from the top of their head down to the sole of their feet. They shall be no bloodshed, there shall be no violence. The wickedness in the land and the perversion in the land shall not touch them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father, King of glory, we provoke the powers of the supernatural for enablement of your people to be able to walk free without sketches, without difficulty in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our office, we walk in divine security. We walk in divine security. May the angels of protection be activated on our behalf. To preserve us, to order our steps. Father, your word says in first Samuel, chapter 2, verse 9. He says, you order the steps of the saints from now henceforth, even as we stretch our legs to make steps. May they be ordered by you, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, King of glory. No matter how darkness becomes very arrogant, in the display of his wickedness, we shall not become victims. By virtue of our light and inspiration that comes from the world, we bastardize the thickness of darkness. We command that the blanket of evil be rolled back against our families, against our people, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The purpose of the enemy shall not come to pass. May your will be done. May your will prevail in our family. May your will prevail in our career. May your will prevail at the center here. And I see anybody who is under the sound of my voice right now, oh God, I decree and I declare, may your will prevail over that person's life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We speak to violent spirits. We speak to foul spirits. We speak against the demonic oppressions that your hold over God's people is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Your conspiracy, your office of conspiracy, and your office of intimidation and accusation collapses from this moment in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you have orchestrated in the spirit that are yet to be hatched, we bring judgment upon them and we command that all of them be nullified in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We shall walk peacefully. The joy of the Lord shall be our strength. 
the hand of God shall shape our doors perpetually. Our children are blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Our children are preserved in the name of Jesus Christ. No hole of darkness shall ever affect our children. Every demonic program that has been measured through structures of the society to corrupt our children and turn their minds against God shall not come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the teacher, we will work strong in our mind with the office of knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and counsel. He will build faith and the God life in the minds of our children, and they shall serve God on earth and rule by the office of priesthood and kingly in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, let the sick be healed. Amen. As who are oppressed and obsessed by demonic assault, by demonic curses, that originate sicknesses, that is wasting their money, Wasting their peace and joy. Be healed right now in your spirit. Be healed in your body. Be healed in your soul. Every sickness in the blood. Be cursed in the name of Jesus. Every sickness in your bones. I say be cursed in the name of Jesus. Every sickness in your organs. Every form of organ failure. Every form of neurotic sicknesses. All forms of infirmity that comes to take away your life. Every anti-life force. Your hold over God's people is broken. And as many who are connected to us by blood, by faith, by association, by any means that is of God, Heavenly Father, we decree that whatever they are, our God is to be blesses them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, in all my holy mountains, there shall be no hurt, there shall be no destruction. Because the knowledge of the word of God shall cover the earth as the water covers the sea. The words we have heard today, Father, precious Father, they will become a mighty sea, O Heavenly Father, that will swallow up everything that comes to hurt your people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As the sea covers the earth with intimidation and whatever dares into the sea and breaks the protocol of the aquatic, gets swallowed up. Father, we declare and declare that whatever stands against your word gets swallowed up in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, bless our children again. May the light of your faith shine upon them. There shall be no death in their midst. Every attack upon them shall be fruitless. Both those who are at home and those who are in school. And even those who are with us directly. Precious Father, we breathe upon them the breath of life. They will grow with you. They will grow knowing you. They will grow serving you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Child of God, may your peace in Christ be secured. Amen. Nothing will worry you. The peace of Christ will overwhelm you. Amen. The joy of the Lord will ooze out of your heart perpetually. Amen. May the hope God has planted in us continue to be your strength. The Bible calls it the living hope. And I pray at this hour that whatever intention and burden you have in your heart right now, I join faith with you. May the Eucharist Jesus, who has made himself the bread of life, reach out to you. And may that infirmity. That firmament, that negativity in your life be dried up by his graciousness. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I have confidence in you, Jesus. I have come.
Your name is Jesus. Your name. 